Hi, small business owners. Welcome to the Brilliant Breakthroughs Business Podcast, where we focus on creating fresh perspectives to deliver brilliant breakthroughs for the small business owner. FYI, this is also the name of the number one best-selling business book series for small businesses. And I am pleased to say for three years in a row now, and it's titled Brilliant Breakthroughs for the Small Business Owner. The subtitle is Fresh Perspectives on Profitability, People, Productivity, and Finding Peace in Your Business. You can get a digital copy, paperback, or even a hardcover on Amazon, as well as you can find us in many other bookstores online and in the physical. But today, we have an author with us that is an author from volume three. And if you look at the book series, that's the volume with the ruby red cover. So today's conversation is with number one best-selling business author, who is also an international best-selling business author from volume three's book. Carrie Hoffman is in the house. Hey, Maggie. <laughs> Hi, Carrie. Are you ready to share with us some really cool stuff today? I am definitely ready. Okay, well, good. Gear up because I should probably introduce myself first and then we'll rock into you, okay? Sounds great. Okay, so rock stars, once again, my name is Maggie Mongan. I am your host, three time number one best selling business author and international bestseller, and founder of this really outstanding number one best selling. Brilliant Breakthroughs annual business book series. So happy that you have received it well and you continue to utilize it year after year. Uh, my daytime gig is I am a master business coach and strategist, the CEO of Brilliant Breakthroughs Inc., where we focus on optimizing business performance and leadership. Carrie, you ready? I'm ready. Let's get going. Okay, so first of all, welcome back. Thank you. This is not your first rodeo. It is not, and I'm happy to be back with you, Maggie. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yes, we have such fun. Uh, your topic is so unique, and that's all I can say, so unique, and I should share with everybody what it is. In volume three, Carrie went ahead and wrote a really cool chapter. It's the sixth chapter in the book, and it's titled Digital Mindset Required, Preparing Small Business for a Quantum Leap. Now, if you've been following us through this wonderful podcast series, Carrie has several episodes, and I'd like to share them with you. And just so you know, these will also be in the show notes, so you don't have to necessarily write them down. But Carrie has been very methodical in her sharing in her episode series. So the first one to start with is 105. The second one is 112. Then we move to 118, 127, and 131. I'll say that again, 105, 112, 118. 127 and 131. And here we are with the next round to wrap up a really cool conversation. Right? Absolutely. Okay, so 
Carrie, can you give us some context for today's discussion in case some people have missed the first five of those podcast episodes? Yeah, I'd love to. So let's look at a little bit of history. Okay. The, the Industrial Revolution started in the mid-1700s, and many businesses see it as going strong ever since. But is it really still going strong? <laughs> <laughs> There's been this exponential growth in technology, which started around the year 2000. And it's actually the trigger which has, us, has caused us to exit the industrial age and enter the next age. Yet many traditional businesses from the industrial age have not yet made this shift. So for the sake of discussion, we're going to call business in the industrial age traditional business and business in the next age digital business. And the key thing to understand about this is that the way work is conducted in the next age is significantly different. So prior to the 2020 global pandemic, it was easy for traditional business owners to argue not all businesses can become or need to become fully digital. <laughs> But I think one of the silver linings of the pandemic is squashing this argument. The more digital a company was in February of 2020, the easier it was to pivot in March of 2020, not only to switch to work 100% from home in days and maybe even a couple of weeks if you were a big company, but also to pivot on your products and services to keep revenue flowing. And the most digital companies actually grew their top line revenue in quarter one of 2020. Wow, I, I love that because I agree the pandemic really has squashed this concept that it's not possible. Mm -hmm. It has. We have yoga instructors Zooming now, right? And right. how exciting that is because everything shifted. Yeah, everything shifted. Okay. And your I love your statement about if if you were on top of this prior you you're winning now. Yeah, absolutely because there's a lot of businesses that are have slowed down significantly and the businesses that were able to pivot are taking up the slack. Sure. So let's go on to the next step. In your previous podcast episodes, you introduced the digital flow framework. I love that, the digital flow framework. I have it just like um, emblazed in my brain, believe it or not. <laughs> when I think of you, that's, that's where I go. Um, can you briefly describe the framework for a little more context? Yeah, sure. So the digital flow framework was built to explain the difference between traditional business in the industrial age and digital business in the next age. It can also accelerate the move from traditional business to digital business. So there are three keys to achieve digital velocity that are built into the digital flow framework. We actually covered key one in the podcast episode 127. That was talent capacity planning. And this is where we discussed that there is an abundance of talent out there if you understand and use alternate sources of talent. The second key we covered in episode 
I think it was 132, but it may have been 131, which is digital operations. Digital operations starts with extreme customer centricity and then being agile and flexible enough to modify your products, your services, and even your business models to solve customers' issues and to exceed their expectations. So lots of fun stuff in key one and two. Today we're gonna cover key three, and that's digital technology. So in order to accomplish those first two keys, the digital talent and the digital operations, digital businesses adopt exponential technologies on a regular basis. Okay, and to verify, Carrie, you're correct. That's episode 132, and I had said 131 earlier. So thank you for bringing that up. We are now verified, number 132. Oh, good, because I wasn't sure which one of us was right. <laughs> Just double-checked. Thank you for checking so quickly. <laughs> well, thank you for talking long enough so I could. <laughs> hey, that works. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> let's, let's get this cleaned up real quickly. Okay. So now you just talked about key one and key two, and today we're diving into key three. Why is it important for companies to achieve digital velocity? Bring it on. You know, so for over the last decade or two, the acceleration and the pace of business could be seen, felt, and heard by anyone with their eyes wide open. But it's not always easy to have your eyes wide open. For the last two decades, companies needed to fully accept that we are in the next age. But many, the, the majority really, are still operating a traditional business from the industrial age. Then in early 2020, we were hit with a global crisis. So many longstanding traditional businesses just haven't been able to pivot fast enough. So they can't keep up with this acceleration of business. They will be, they will actually probably need a reboot after, you know, we've come out fully from the issue of the pandemic. So when you say reboot, what do you mean, Carrie? Yeah, so I think a lot of businesses that were chugging along and um, maintaining their revenue and maybe growing by low single digits were doing fine until the pandemic hit. And then they really needed to shift and pivot. And if they if they were still operating in a traditional way, it was much harder to make that pivot. They, basic things like working from home and the technology needed to do it was a struggle, right? And then being able to understand how to modify your product quickly. A digital business can modify their products and services very quickly, um, but a traditional business, it takes a longer time, and you really didn't have a long time to do it, right, with the pandemic hitting. Because you're, you're kind of, for a lot of businesses, the pandemic was like a complete halt and pivot. And if you're not used to doing that quickly, then you still haven't probably pivoted out of it yet. Does that make sense? So then you require a reboot in order to shift, to make the shift. Okay. And that does make sense because I have worked with clients like really early, the beginning of March. Um, and some of them were able to pivot very quickly. And it wasn't even really a pivot. It was just a repositioning. Mm -hmm, right. And others, because they were so traditional, they are still in their pivot. Right. They're still doing it, right? right? And so instead of a shift and a little pivot, they're actually needing to do a reboot. 
uh, that that is interesting i've been calling it a revamp but you're right it is a reboot okay cool okay well and we're talking about technology today so you know you reboot a computer you can reboot your business <laughs> amen to that and and we all are if we haven't figured out how to do it we're learning how to do it right exactly exactly okay i love this and thanks for letting me interrupt you yeah no problem so it's the digital companies that we talked about, right, that can move 10 to 50 times faster. And it is just a little shift for them because they're used to doing it. So it's just this little shift. And so the reality is at this point, it's, it just became an imperative to move into the next stage. Like now everybody's like, oh, my God, I need to understand how to use technology better. I need to figure this is likely not the last disruption we're going to see. So I need to get good at disrupting. I need to get good at shifting and pivoting instead of needing this complete reboot the next time this happens. And that's why it's so important for businesses to achieve digital velocity. I love this because I, what I see is a lot of businesses out there don't know how to do this and it's because they're not accustomed to change. Right. Exactly. And, and to your point of digital, they don't have the the tech to support them being uh, so agile to adapt to the new circumstances. So this is really cool. 10 to 50 times faster. <laughs> wow. Okay, so let's jump into today's focus. Tell us about that third key to achieve digital velocity, digital technology. Go. <laughs> so to move, to move into the digital flow of business and practice those first two keys, businesses have to utilize digital technology. And there is a huge difference between digital technology and traditional technology. And at the same time, there's a huge gap in understanding the difference. Mm -hmm. In fact, there are a lot of very technical people out there who have been in IT for 20 to 30 years or more who will argue how digital technology isn't any different than technology from 20 to 30 years ago. But it is different. It's significantly different. And I have a fun time having debates with those people. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the rub. People are already up in the digital flow of business. They're part of what I call the digitally rich. And they use a lot of buzzwords. And they also have a hard time relating to the digitally poor. So they may not be able to explain it to you. Bottom line, it's important to understand the difference. Oh my gosh, I have to tell everybody, this is so cool that you're bringing that up in this episode because one of the times, I think it was very early when Carrie and I met, we sat down and we started talking about tech and she used this digitally rich and digitally poor <laughs> concept. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And when she explained it, I understood immediately where I was and where my husband was. <laughs> right. Yeah, so, because you're part of the digitally rich. You get it. I, I do, not to the extent that you do, but I, I can figure it out. And, and that gives me a competitive advantage. So can you explain the difference in a way for even the digitally poor to understand all this? Yes. The, the, you know, the simplest way to understand that difference is to look at 
the level of complexity in implementing a piece of technology. Okay. So the really simplest thing is that digital technology can be implemented in hours and days or maybe weeks if you're doing it across a, a company that has a little bit more complexity. With, tech, with traditional technology, it's so complex that it takes quarters and years to implement. So the way the technology is architected behind the scenes is what drives this difference. Okay. And I want to make sure for people who may not be digitally rich that Carrie isn't talking about the learning curve to the new application and tech. Okay. She's talking about when you're doing transitions. Is that a, is that a safe way to say that, Carrie? That's a safe way to say it. Like when you're switching to one, switching from one maybe social media automation platform to another it should be easy to learn. It should be fast. It should be, you shouldn't have to download the software and maybe put it on a server and install it and all those things, right? You should just be able to say, you know what, I want to try this and say, yes, I got my subscription and let's go. And then you watch a couple one to two minute short videos and you're off and running. Okay. That is that is a digitally mature piece of technology, if that's how you can consume it. Beautiful. Glad that we clarified that. So now let's go a little deeper. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> <sighs> Understanding the architectural differences without needing a degree in IT. Because, boy, if, if you... If someone hasn't stayed with tech from early on, it's so overwhelming, isn't it? Yeah, it can be really overwhelming. So how do we do this better? Yeah, so I actually created a, an analogy to explain this. Um, and it has worked pretty well in explaining it to anyone. People get a lot of ahas out of this. So here's the analogy. Okay, bring it on. To implement a traditionally architected application, like maybe a large traditional ERP system, which a lot of business owners were in corporations that have them or may have them themselves, right? Doing that is like building a mountain out of boulders, okay? Mm. It takes at least two to five years for a small business and a whole lot of money. So picture in your mind this mountain being made out of boulders. Then if you don't standardize your process end to end across the entire company, you end up doing a lot of customizations. And those customizations are like filling the holes of those big boulders with small boulders. Mm. And all the boulders, large and small, are hard mortared in place so that your mountain doesn't fall down. So any major changes you want to make down the road require significant time and cost because you got to chisel out that boulder and then it kind of damages the area around it and then you have to fix that. And so it takes a long time to repair all those areas around it and to make changes. So that's what it's like to have a traditional piece of software. Okay. Now, that analogy works really great for traditional technology, <laughs> and I agree. It's, I think it's easy to understand because we've all tried to build a mountain of stones 
you know, usually is children, right? Yeah, and the actual technical technical architecture behind the scenes is like everything's hard mortared in place. It's very much like that. Everything's right. like hard mortared together, and it's hard to change. All right. So now that we have that analogy. Come on, bring it on. Explain digital technology to us. <laughs> All right, digital technology, which sometimes I call modern technology, um, it's architected a lot different than traditional technology. Okay. Um, and, the, and the key thing to understand is abstraction. So we're going to talk about abstraction. In digital technology, all the complexity of traditional technology kind of be, being hard mortared together, it's abstracted into pieces and layers kind of like Lego blocks, if you will. Oh, okay. Okay, as an example, a process can be broken down into small steps. So now we've got little Lego blocks of process steps. <laughs> and each step is then tagged with a unique identifier. So now think of every Lego block has an identifier on it. And then you automate that process. What do you mean when you say identifier? It's actually almost like you have a little barcode on your Lego block from a technology perspective. Okay, all right. So from a, the, the technical architecture actually has tags on every little piece that's abstracted. And they're, they're numbers, they're like just numbers usually. Numbers, letters, little codes. Doesn't matter, it's like putting a barcode on a Lego block, okay? So would that be similar to small business owner setting up filters for a sequence? Yeah, it, 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 yeah, it definitely can be similar to that, right? And they would put like a tag, like a uh, new customer, potential customer. You got it, they're categorizing okay. it, right? Yeah, okay. so that would be like tagging your customers. That was a great, that's a great way to look at it. An identifier. Got okay, it. so now you have all these steps with an identifier on them, and those small steps can be arranged into what's called workloads. All that means is I'm taking the process steps and I'm putting them together into a process that's called a workload. Okay. okay. Now, technically speaking, then those workloads are then distributed on virtual technology. And I know this, this gets a little deep, but it's like every, a lot of people have heard the term cloud, right? Okay. It just it just means that the pieces and the workloads are put out there on networks and they're not hard coded into the infrastructure. It's not like hard coded into a server. It's now just floating on top of the infrastructure. And that's important because it's very easy to change and modify a modern technology because of the way it's abstracted and tagged. You can take it apart and put it back together very easily. Okay, I'm with you. So it's already dissected. Yes. And then we just get to slide things where they need to be, right? Right. So the modern way of architecting technology is what makes digital technology fast and flexible. And using it is how businesses achieve digital velocity. So as businesses consume digital technology, they don't even have to see this abstraction, right? It's behind the scenes. They only experience being able to implement fast and learn easily. Okay, I'm with you. You're making sense. 
good because it's not easy to explain. <laughs> no, it's not. And that's why I'm slowing you down and asking some questions from time to time. Because yep. <laughs> I think we need to just process. So please, listeners, hit pause, rewind. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to it again. <laughs> because because this is some deep stuff and it is going to determine how profitable and productive you are in the future, right? And, right. and the future is now, as we have heard for decades. And now it's <laughs> the truth. Yeah. yeah. Well, now we've all been shoved into the future. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And some screaming much louder than others. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, we're trying to ease the pain here. Okay, let's, let's talk about this a little bit further because in the past, I've heard you talk about the cadence of this and, and we just made a funny, haha, we're screaming uh, and kicking and, and we're pushed into it. So we are. So why does the digital flow of business require a cadence to continuous adoption of new technology. We don't get to settle anymore, do we? No, you have to get good at it. You have to get good at continually adopting it and trying new technology. So remember the trigger that moved us from the industrial age to the next age was and is a exponential growth in technology, which has continued to accelerate. This just means that technology is coming out super fast and there are um, changes on a constant basis. This means that not only is it coming out fast, but it's enabling businesses to automate a lot of manual work. And when you automate a lot of manual work, this is when you start to move 10 to 50 times faster than you did in the past. So this is inherently speeding up business. And for our businesses to keep up without working 50 to 80 hours a week, we have to adopt new technology. Okay, that, that is a really important point here because I think up until recently, and maybe some people are still experiencing this, which shares that they're still in traditional business more than digital, they're working more, they're working harder, they're working longer to keep up with the fact that technology has sped us up because it, it wasn't like what we were promised in the 70s. Oh, no. And we were going to work less. We're still working, but now we can accomplish so much more in the same amount of time. But you're saying instead of taking all that from working, we must learn to automate the manual, the, uh, automate yes. what we can, as much as we possibly can, and then spend the difference of that time adopting new technology, right? Right, right, exactly. And um, people may recall, if they were listening to some of the earlier podcasts, in the talent key, we talked about augmented talent, okay, right. augmenting talent, and that meant automating things. So, so some of the buzzwords I mentioned, right, earlier are things like artificial intelligence and robotic process automation, okay? But don't think you have to implement those as standalone technologies. These are built into a lot of our phone apps and cloud apps. Okay, I said cloud apps. Cloud just means that you can access them through your phone or your browser without having to download it and install it on your computer. Okay. Examples 
of what I'm talking about are things like calendar automation tools, such as Calendly or Time Trade, where I can send a link to someone and they click on the link and they can see all my availability because it's linked to my calendar behind the scenes. And then they can select a time slot that works for them. And then I tell people my virtual assistant will send us both a meeting request. Because really, that's what's happening. None, none of the back and forth, give me three slots when you're available. Oh, none of those work for me. And you're emailing back and forth. Uh-uh, that's all automated. And so there's some technology behind there that's enabling that. Um, there's also tools to automate your social media, like Hootsuite or eClincher or even Try Lately, just to mention a few. And, you know, Maggie, you and I have had this conversation before, right? And I, and I was thinking about it in the last, I was thinking in the last year and I'm like, God, it hasn't even been a year yet. I started with Hootsuite free version just to get good at it. And then I was, then I, I was getting better at it and I'm like, well, then I should look at, compare a few different tools and you were using eClincher, right? And so I'm like, I'm going to try eClincher because that, that works. And I started using more features of eClincher. I started to get good at that. And then try lately, well, you know, I, I've got to practice what I preach. So try lately actually uses artificial intelligence to take like a post, uh, like I wrote an article on LinkedIn and I can put that in try lately and it'll spit out 40 posts and it automates the whole thing for me. And they're pretty decent posts because there's an AI, artificial intelligence working behind the scenes to create that. So I'm continually upgrading my automation to allow me to be present on social media on a regular basis and get my thought leadership out there without having to manually do everything. So I've sped up my social media like extensively. I can't tell you how much time I save because I wasn't posting enough in the past and now I'm getting to the point where I'm posting enough because it's easier for me to create the posts. Aha. Uh -huh. Well, I'm glad you're practicing what you preach. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I got to make sure I'm using enough tools with AI in the background. Otherwise, you know, I got it. How, how can I be legit, right? <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> well, I, I love that because that's a practical approach. And um, some of this other stuff might seem a little daunting, but social media, everybody's familiar with. So right. this is very practical. And there's all sorts of different levels. You have to find what you're comfortable with and always be willing to check out new technology. Exactly. Okay. So Carrie, you just laid a whole nother chapter on us here. <laughs> Feels that way, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. It does. And it was a really nice recap. You, you've, you made it very logical for us to follow. Thank you. Any last words of wisdom for us? Yeah. You know, I just have to say, don't be afraid of the technology and instead get really good at fully adopting technology to automate your work. It's so important to get good at adopting fast because new technology is coming out constantly. So you need to actually have a skill in picking and choosing what will work best for your business. Experiment fast. Try it out. Everyone's doing demos now and even free trials. So take advantage of those. Mm -hmm. And then start implementing immediately. 
but also be sure you're using the software and apps that you buy. So I think it's worth periodically doing an inventory of all your technology subscriptions and either up the usage on the ones that you aren't using enough or dump the ones that just aren't bringing you the value. That trash can works wonderfully. Yes, it does. <laughs> and, and you might even save some money in the process of filling that can up. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> okay, cool. Thank you. Um, I'd love to spend more time, and I know we have one more episode that we're going to do, um, and, and it's probably going to be more fun yes <laughs> then what some of this has been so listeners make sure that you you hang with us for one more from carrie because this one's going to be different and she and i just sort of started kicking around the idea before we did this recording you'll be thrilled with it but here's the deal listeners if you want to learn more and engage with number one best-selling business author Carrie Hoffman, begin by reading chapter six. It's all about how to be more productive with your mindset and approach to technological advances. And that's in Brilliant Breakthroughs for the Small Business Owner, volume three, ruby red cover. And now Carrie, you have a gift for everyone. And if somebody's in the book, it's at the bottom of the author page at the end of the chapter. But why don't you tell us about what it is? Yeah, I have a short video series which goes into all the concepts of the past six podcasts that we've done and it goes into the concepts that are in the chapter in the book. There are three videos which explain the concepts of evolutionary transitions and a digitally expanded mindset, as well as the digital flow framework. Those are the three. And there's also a guide on the five aspects of digitally expanded mindset, a little infographic. So if you, uh, you can find those in the chapter at the end of the book, or you can also find them at carriehoffman.com. And there's a little brilliant tab on there, a brilliant menu item that you'll find those in. Oh, a little identifier. Yeah, oh. like a little tag. <laughs> Oh, you are practicing what you preach. <laughs> okay, thank you for that. Uh, and here's the other thing that's really important. If you want to know how to connect with Carrie, you can look at the end of her chapter. She has her social media post there, as well as on our app. Free app alert, boop, 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 free app alert in the app. Go to your app store and download Brilliant Biz Book. I'll say that again, Brilliant Biz Book, all one word. And when you do that, make sure that you go to the section that's called Ask an Expert, because I imagine you have at least one or two questions after listening to this. And find Carrie Hoffman's name. Type in your question, she'll respond back to you. I'd be happy to. Cool. And Carrie, we want to thank you today for your wisdom sharing. You rock. Thanks, Maggie. Thanks for having me. It's always fun to have do this with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have a job and it's to help small business shine brightly and this this is a big topic and it can be a mess or it can be something that you can navigate through with ease so we're moving towards the ease part 
at least we're hoping so. So thank you because you are a master at this and make it easier. And listeners, we appreciate you listening to the Brilliant Breakthroughs podcast, where you learn about how to create more brilliant breakthroughs for your small business. So we'll be back next week. And until then, shine brightly.